Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am incredibly honored that you are here today becoming the conscious mama you were born to be. Today we have another amazing podcast discovery call. I know they're always all amazing, but I'm just like so honored that I can one do these and another that women are willing to come on and share their stories for you guys to relate to as well. Remember, if you want your own personal discovery call, there is the link down in the show notes and make sure you are on the email list when I call out for new participants for the podcast discovery calls. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Okay, why don't you tell me a little bit about your fertility journey? Um, so I was, um, always had irregular menstrual cycles and I uh, was actually put on the pill in my mid twenties, um, to help with that because that was the answer they had and, uh, met, uh, the man I eventually married, um, when I was in my mid thirties. And so when we were uh, thinking about starting a family, um, came off of the pill and then started trying on her own. Um, still had irregular cycles, um, but it was not a normal pregnancy. Um, the heart finally stopped. It like wasn't very strong. Um, finally stopped around nine weeks. Uh, had a DNC, um, and that even though we did some genetic testing on it, what um, they couldn't find any quote unquote reason for it. Um, did some fertility treatments thereafter to include um, three IUIs with Clomid, um, two IVF cycles, uh, and that included one frozen embryo transfer, all of which uh, failed. And we just, you know, didn't, didn't get a, a pregnancy from that. Um, took a break because that was exhausting and um about six months later I decided to get some functional medicine testing I just was making some dietary changes um but was actually finding it hard to maintain my weight and was starting to like lose a little which just really wasn't normal um and that turned up that I, my uh, GI map, I had like raging H. pylori and I didn't know it. Um, so I treated that um, with an herbal uh, antimicrobial for a month. 
Um, and uh, about a month later, my period actually came back, which was awesome because I hadn't had it for well over six months after our um, uh, embry embryo, frozen embryo transfer. Um, and then since that time, um, you know, we just were trying to see if I could reestablish a normal uh, cycle before really kind of either trying on our own or going back to the fertility clinic. And I happened to fall pregnant um, like two and a half months into that. So I really hadn't even had three cycles yet. Um, that one was also abnormal. Um, we had nothing in the sack. And uh, that one I did pass on my own. Um, so we're kind of in the recovery phase of that. Um, and it sounds like um, one of my doctors is willing to do some like thrombophilia testing um, to look for, you know, any uh, abnormalities there since we've had now the two miscarriages. Um, and I certainly feel like there's still some, you know, healing I need to do. Um, but we, you know, have been on this journey now for a family for a little over three years. And just trying to kind of think outside the box a little bit, if there's any other areas that um, I can be sort of dipping into or exploring and um, just what led me to you. Yeah, oh, bless my heart. You've been through quite a lot in that three years. Um, yeah, that, that's a lot to go through. So I totally, my hat goes off to you to, you know, just still be in a space where, um, you have enough energy to keep going, right? Because it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely was uh, very drained after the, the rounds of IVF. I, and that's why I really just, you know, kind of put my foot down and said, I just, I just can't do this right now. I honestly, at that point, still had so much grief over our first miscarriage that I got into counseling and was doing that regularly um, because I never really sat time um, or really kind of the emotional toll that it had taken on me and, and what how it made me feel about my my body and my ability to have you know a normal and healthy pregnancy and so come a long way with that I still think there's some um, growth I'm doing in that arena but um, it's definitely considerably better than it has been um, in the past yeah 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 I think a lot of the times um, as women, when we maybe don't know the struggle we're about to go into, but have had maybe some warning signs from our body that, you know, things aren't necessarily in harmony, you know, not having a regular period, you know, most of your life and then being on yeah. birth control, you know, these are warning signs and we're just not taught this, you know, we are not given the proper education yeah. to support ourselves. And so what you usually common is that we come to the fertility journey with a lot of baggage, a lot of inflammation, a lot of oxidative stress, a lot of repressed emotions, um, you know, whatever was going on in the first place to be having irregular periods or thyroid issues or gut issues or, you know, whatever oh, yeah. our thing was. And because we haven't really been taught to take care of those things, we just jump into a fertility journey and um, it almost like compacts everything, right? Especially 
miscarriages because um most of us when we have a miscarriage I know when I had my um well no for me it wasn't my first miscarriage it was my first failed IVF after no my second failed IVF after I felt like I did everything right I just like yeah. threw the dummies out the pram you know sorry for the expression yeah. but like I yeah. was like my body can't do this um so when I actually got pregnant um and unfortunately had a miscarriage around seven weeks, the heartbeat wasn't there. I actually was in a state of mind where I was like, oh my God, my body can do this. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. What can I do to improve my situation even more? And sure. when we're dealing with miscarriages, we, you know, rightly so we need to honor the heartbreak and um, mentally, emotionally, and physically, right? There are definitely ways we need to support ourselves. But if we can put a silver lining on that and say, hey, my body can do this. I know that my body wants to do this for me. Now it's my job to figure out how I can best support it to help it do the things that it wants to do for me. Um, yeah, so that's great that you are seeking support, um, you know, on that level of just being able to release those emotions. What do you feel, you know, you said you're, you're much better, you're getting there. What would you say you would want more of, or things would you know, the kind of the chapter in the book would be finished, or you could close the door on it type of thing. What do you think that you're looking for or needing from that aspect? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> um, let me think about that for a second. Um, I think for me, kind of the big struggle around that has been, uh, being able to prioritize myself and uh, being willing, willing, not that I don't know I need to, but being willing to slow down. So um, around the time that I met my now husband, I was preparing or I was applying for graduate school and that was a very stressful two years. And then it was, you know, a second career because it was a career change for me. And there was a lot of adjustment and longer hours and kind of crazy schedules. And so being able to kind of put myself back in the priority seat. And I've, again, I've definitely made changes that, you know, including more self-care and making sure that um, uh, during the month I have like time either with my husband or with my friends, like things that kind of bring me joy um, but I, I, uh, I know that there's, I feel like that particular situation is not ideally optimized. I think I still have the tank more hovering around empty than full. Um, mm-hmm. And I just feel like when you're talking about bringing a life into the world, it just is something that comes out of like an abundance and uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that my, uh, my basket is overflowing quite yet yeah 
Um, so that's radical self-honesty. So well done for that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I think a lot of the times we're like, well, we are doing yoga. We are doing acupuncture. We have, we have slowed down from the past or, you know, I, my diet is much better than it was. Um, but when things aren't quote unquote working, it's like, okay, well, where can I get real, real with myself? And am I just doing the actions or am I actually living yeah. the life I know is going to bring me what I want? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. type A <laughs> overdoing yes. Yes. on the go. Has this been since you were a child? Oh my gosh. So much so. Well, I'm the, I'm the oldest of two and you know, I definitely, um, my dad was in the military and so he was gone often and my, my mom was working. And so I kind of did a lot, not only to kind of care for myself, but also for my younger sister. And then that certainly translated into adulthood too. And most of it was, it wasn't as if anyone was telling me, I expect you to do X, Y, Z. It was literally expectation that I put on myself. Um, yeah, so uh, stepping back from that, it's been a hard, hard growth um, experience. But I, you know, the priorities are different now. Like it, if I'm, if if I, if this is gonna happen, I have to, I have to be willing to, you know, prioritize myself and the family that I would like to, you know, grow. Um, and that's important to me. And so that's kind of what is that that's what I'm trying to remind myself of as as I make those like harder day-to-day -day decisions about what I do with my time yeah absolutely I have two things there the first thing I want to say is um you can't type a or overdo your way out of fertility like the hard yeah. truth is that type of lifestyle has contributed to the fertility issues you know, the adrenals, the thyroid issues, um, obviously having H. pylora is not a good thing for gut health. Um, right. And so it's that mindset piece that's so important here that you have to go, okay, I know that I've achieved anything and everything that I've ever wanted to do in my life, doing it a certain way by being the go-getter, by taking care of everyone but myself. Um, now I have to completely do a 180 and that is just, um, it can be difficult because you've just yeah. had these programs running for a few decades, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's being very graceful with yourself and just showing up every day um, and being very self-aware of like, okay, was that a good choice for filling my cup? No, it wasn't. So right. tomorrow I'm right. going to make this choice. I'm going to set this boundary. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to, you know, make myself a priority. Um, so once you have that mindset that the old ways aren't going to work for fertility, it's a game changer uh, because a lot of people stick in that mindset of like, well, no, this will happen. If I work harder, if I do more, if I put more on my plate, if I do the IVF, if I do these things, it's going to work because that's just how life is. Where right. when you surrender, yeah. that's when, like you said before, energetically, you're making that space for motherhood because motherhood is really a time or sh should be a time uh, for a great surrender, right? Yeah. 
being present for your babies, you know, feeding your baby, um, being there for your baby. It's not, it shouldn't be a time. And there's no judgment because this is what I did in early motherhood too, because I was still type A. I didn't deal deal with this stuff when my babies came. I was like, oh, I got to get the balls. Yeah. Oh, I got to, I got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to make the food. You know, it's like, no, oh, just sit down and relax and be present. Yeah. Um, the other thing when you are in a family who your parents aren't necessarily um, present for you um, and the overdoing and the continuous like go, go, go and needing to take care of everyone and everything is really trying to sometimes can be uh, seeking that love and that self-worth out of the things you do. Um, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so sure. have you done any kind of work with that inner child um, or that mindset or the subconscious beliefs uh, basically running the show still? Because that's what happens is that you get this program up until seven or eight years old, and then you continuously run it until you um, make a conscious effort to heal, change, reprogram, you know, whatever word you want to use. Is there anything that you can look at um, other than talk therapy? Because talk therapy doesn't really do this for you. It allows you to express and um, uh, acknowledge what's going on. Um, But is there anything else you're doing in your life that you think would help with that that's a good question um yeah no right now like the only like you mentioned the talk therapy they do some like emotional freedom tapping but that was more just about like you know kind of more traumatic or emotional things and I we talked a little bit about the upbringing but um I can't say that we've necessarily delved a lot into that um so yeah certainly open to suggestions um but yeah you're right because it certainly does influence there I mean just uh being recognized certainly I can at least pause now and say wait is that really the story I want to really the reaction I want to have um but they are very much deeply ingrained and and it can be hard to shift that yeah yeah yeah, I mean, when um, when we're just keep achieving, 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 and we're not actually looking at ourselves going like, am I achieving this because this is what I really want out of life? Or am I doing this because I will get a sense of self-worth out of it? Or, you know, I'll, I'll get, you know, praise or approval. Um, so when it comes down to inner child work, it's very much... Um, getting quiet with your emotions and allowing them Mm -hmm. to be present. And this is something that can be really uncomfortable and difficult for people, especially with parents who weren't necessarily quote unquote there for them. You know, like your parents were, um, it sounds like there for you, you know, always gave you food and a roof over your head and, and whatnot. But, you know, just like my parents, they were working parents and they were just gone most of the time. Um, Yeah. 
And as a little child, that's, you can't, um, you can't rationalize to yourself like, well, mommy has to work because she has to put food on the table and daddy has to be gone because that's part of his job. You just internalize it that it's all you. Um, So it's really just getting um, honest, uh, doing journaling or walking meditations, but getting quiet enough where you allow um, those kind of moments to uh, become present and just go, yeah, no, that really hurt when they didn't show up for this part or that I always had to make my sister dinner or, you know, like whatever it was, you know, just get really honest and, and almost brutal because I find a lot of people, and I know that I did this myself. Um, I felt like I couldn't complain about anything because I did have (laughs) parents, right? Like I didn't have it that bad, you know, and I don't ever want to compare anyone to anyone, but you do, right? Like, I know that I was like, well, you know, my father didn't leave my mother or, you know, whatever the situation was. And so I felt like I didn't have room to be hurt or express those emotions of sadness or anger towards my personal situation. And once you give yourself permission in the sense of like, well, no, that was a little girl. You know, that was my inner self, my little girl. And she did need more. And she did need that support, which which I didn't get. So therefore, I, you know, right now I can sit in a little bit of anger and sadness. And once you get there, then that's where the healing and the forgiveness can come from of like, okay, I understand now why my parents weren't there. Um, and I, I accept that, but I'm going to give that nurture and healing to that inner child. And um, one thing with inner child healing that I don't hear a lot of people talk about is that there'll be many of inner children. <laughs> like when I first right. was told about this, I was like, okay, there's going to be one child and I'm just going to heal her. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's like 20 lined up. <laughs> what is yeah. going on now? So yeah. I've heard it explained as like parts before too. Like there's different parts of you, which is kind of like what you're explaining. And that, that makes sense to me. Like yes. I, I can, I can wrap my head around that. Yeah. And it doesn't, all happen in the first seven years. Yes, you get most of your programming during that, but um, you know it can happen up till last week, right? And something sure. traumatic happened to your body, and because your conscious mind was like, "Oh, that wasn't that bad," but your subconscious, or even maybe a reaction from your inner child, was like, "No, that was awful," and we're going to store it, yeah. and we're going to store it either. Yeah this is where you want to look at your, um, your pain points in your body. If you're, if it's not a physical issue, right? So like gut health, mm-hmm. if you have H. pylora, you're, you need to get rid of that H. pylora. Um, right. But say if you, if your your thyroid, cause I know you have some thyroid issues. Yeah, if, do, you, yeah. if you have healed your gut and I will get into a little bit more about what you did with your functional medicine practitioner. But if you have really healed your gut, right, it's working like clockwork, there's no leakiness, there's no inflammation, and you're still having thyroid problems, then you want to definitely hone in on the mental and emotional side of things. You want to understand 
Am I holding emotion in my thyroid from my childhood, from maybe not having a voice, um, being able not to say what I want to say? Did I grow up in a family that, you know, we weren't allowed to express emotions or speak our minds? Um, and really the, the upstream of how your thyroid works, right? It all stems from the pituitary, the penile and the hypothalamus. Mm -hmm. So really mm -hmm. getting into that mental and emotional aspect of the thyroid of like, okay, what is really going on here? It's very rare that you have um, thyroid issues that are just very specific, like they're coming from the thyroid. It usually stems from somewhere else. Um, could you pinpoint why you had irregular periods your whole life is there anything that comes up and you don't and you don't have to say yeah. on the on the on yeah. here you don't have to say but I want you to think if there was something in your childhood before menstruation or even during those early years that you can kind of go oh with hindsight this is probably what what tipped me over the edge um yeah I would say I mean my my mother is thin I was always pretty thin I was athletic and like ran cross country and so certainly some of those things could contribute but I definitely think a lot of it was the stress at home so um my mom had like some mental illness too that really wasn't diagnosed or treated until I was in high school so um I think a lot of it could have stemmed from that yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot for, you know, the eldest daughter um, to take on. Um, yeah. And so that's definitely you're gonna and in your show, I always give show notes to you guys. So I'll email you with um, lots more places to look and explore. But definitely going back and fostering um your younger child your you know your your teen years and all that um kind of with um what what just came up was almost a great sadness for the loss of something that was still there does that make sense yeah 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 for sure um yeah, I don't know. We, I definitely always felt like I had a very different um, experience just being like a, a child in a military family and moving often. And it certainly kind of influences um, how you feel about your identity or how you relate to others. Um, and yeah, I definitely think all of that is kind of wrapped up in the same package. Um, but I just, it was so interesting that when I, you know, when I was in my early 20s and had been looking for help, like, what do I do with this irregular cycle? Like the answer was, oh, just go on birth control. And that was fine when I wasn't trying for a family, but I, I certainly don't think taking that for 10 years did my body any good either. Yeah, unfortunately with birth control, you know, um, it just hijacks the body. Right. And and depending on what the underlining issues are, um, well, one, it masks the issues. 
So an irregular period is absolutely, it's a fifth vital sign in your period. And it is one thing that is just going to be like, hey, I'm not functioning correctly. So there's other things upstream because your period just doesn't work on its own, right? So there's upstream things that are out of balance. So usually the period will be one of the first things that will give you a warning sign that like, I'm not happy. And especially with the thyroid and the, because usually Western medicine doesn't really check the thyroid like it's supposed to, it could go Mm -hmm. undetected for a really long time. And it's not until you have like full-blown Hashimoto's or hyperthyroidism that they're like, oh, well, your thyroid's out of whack where, because it's all part of the same system if someone was looking correctly, or if we had this knowledge available to us, which we didn't, right? So we get, we do get a jail, get out of jail free card, and we can give ourselves grace, because this information wasn't around. Um, We could have possibly start doing things in our 20s. So our 30s and our 40s um, weren't as affected, um, especially in the fertility category. And this is why most Western medicine doctors think that your age falls off or your fertility falls off a cliff in your thirties and forties. Well, no, that's not true. We're just not taking care of our cellular health in our teen. Well, from the moment we're born and especially in our (laughs) teen years to our twenties, right. In, in cellular health, when I say cellular health, I mean, every aspect of you, right. Your physical, your mental, your emotional, all that plays a big part in cellular health. Um, so yeah. Okay. So that, but that's the past. And the good news is that most things can absolutely be reversed with the right TLC. Um, we haven't really talked about it, but, um, at, with your fertility, other than, um, the thyroid issue, is there anything mm-hmm. that has come up in, you know, your medical records that are the doctors are concerned about? Um, no, I mean, like all the tests that the fertility clinic did, like everything came back normal. Um, they like, you know, my tubes are always open. Um, the My uterus was fine. Like um, I never had any issues with any of my blood work per se. Um, they had us do some uh like genetic screening testing just to see if like my husband and I were both carriers for um you know it was like 125 traits that they have you test for and like everything really came back fine um and their answer was like oh it's you know egg and egg and sperm health and um you need you know PGT testing to get like a normal embryo and that will decrease your risk for miscarriage, which I mean, I understand where all that's coming from, but it's not helping me get to the point where I can, where we can, you know, do this, that we can, like, I feel very confident that we can do this, like we can do this on our own. And it's just getting there that I'm very happy to see the the progression, the progress, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, It's just, yeah, kind of the the patience and the and the little adjustments and such along the way um, to kind of get us closer. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's great news, right? You are working with kind of a uh, full house, you know, like there aren't 
things that are going to stand in our way. You know, obviously there's sometimes physical issues that um, are hurdles and that we need to jump over um, or use medical assistance for, or it takes longer to, um, to quote unquote heal. And then sometimes there's physical issues that, um, yeah, like I said, you need medical assistance for. So that's something to really, like you say, feel confident about. I know sometimes it's really frustrating and we sometimes want those answers so we can fix them. Um, Mm -hmm. But having a mindset of like, all right, well, we don't have any huge hurdles at the moment. That doesn't mean don't stop testing. Um, I do think that's what medical assistance is there for. Make sure that you're getting the answers, whether the answer is, nope, that's not an issue. At least you know. Um, But from my perspective, before I go into that, on the functional medicine side, um, what else? um, So are you feeling confident with your diet? Are you feeling confident with your gut health? So, um, I mean, I definitely have felt much better from like a digestion standpoint, and I was able to get to a weight that was felt healthier to me. Um, and so that's all been all been very beneficial. Um, they also did some testing just with like cortisol for adrenal function and such. And, and no surprise to me, it, it showed that I, I just have know high internal stress mm-hmm. um and like my uh, DHEA levels are naturally low because I'm in more of the fight or flight um mode than I should be um and you know those are those are changes that you don't necessarily um see a lot of like quick quick change with with the H. pylori is very obvious you know you take the take the medication uh and like literally within days weeks like I felt so so much better um but some of that you know the other stuff is just a little bit um of a slower process um they've talked about potentially doing like a um you know the vaginal microbiome testing just to see you know because that that and the gut can kind of be uh, correlated or related to each other just to make sure that there's nothing off there um diet wise i did do some testing just for like food sensitivities that came back um with some of the things that i was eating regularly like almonds and pistachios and walnuts uh, bananas um so i i have eliminated those um giving it some time and like slowly kind of re-challenging them um I had asked a question about whether or not like a trial of AIP would be the right thing for me and they certainly felt that at the moment um being less restrictive was probably a better option um but I've certainly toyed around a little bit with that you know having the subclinical hypothyroidism but not per se Hashimoto's or any other like actual like autoimmune flags um so I don't know I mean I I feel fairly good about it but um nutrition out of all the areas is like the easiest one for me to make changes in Mm -hmm. um it's the other the other stuff that's a little more challenging like the sleep that's a little more challenging and you know that sort of sort of thing so um yeah absolutely 
Uh, well, diet's tangible, right? We do the tangible yeah. things, diet, supplementation, uh, yoga, acupuncture, you know, IVF, right. you know, those are right. all things that we feel we have control over and they're tangible and, and quote unquote, easy to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the stress levels, um, your body's just, just used to it. It knows no other way, you know, and really yeah. tapping into doing um, vega nerve um, support, uh, you know, really getting out of flight or fight, uh, supporting, I'm losing the word for what I'm trying to say, uh, the nervous system, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Really calming the nervous system. And um, because you, if you're always in a state or flight or flight, even in a meditation or in the yoga class, like there's no point. There, and there's like yeah. almost no point of taking the supplementation and going to acupuncture. Um, so really getting tools under your belt um, to really hyper-focus on that area, right? Um, mm -hmm. And what I find clients are most successful in is when they do the subconscious work on top of that, is reprogramming yourself to... Um, you know, get that self-love, that self-trust, that, uh, that worthiness, um, really healing that inner child, then you feel more safe. Then you're able to go, okay, um, sitting and doing this exercise, whatever it is, it could be emotional freedom tapping, it could be meditation, yoga, whatever it is, your body is, is accepting it more. Your body's like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, we can be here. This is safe, right? Instead of running those loops sure. and those patterns that you've been doing for decades. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I'm kind of rejigging a lot of my energetic stuff uh, within the website and all that because a lot of this has grown massively over the last six months and I just haven't had the time mm -hmm. to catch up with it. But I do at sure. the, the base level, um, and I'll send you the the blog post is doing a trauma timeline. I feel like this is really beneficial for people to just kind of really map out their life of like, hey, um, being a latchkey kid was, you know, really painful for me, like having to show up and no one being home. Or for me, I was, well, I was a latchkey kid, but I was also a kid that was put in uh, before and after school. Right. I was up at 5.36 a.m. and I didn't really get home till 6 p.m. Um, yeah. and, and those things are really traumatic for a kid. And then you can start mm -hmm. branching off of there of like, okay, that situation was really painful for me and it was traumatic to me. And it's put me in a state of flight or fight. What kind of support can I give myself to uh, rewire this? Um, and that could be emotional freedom tapping. I do a modality called Psych K. Um, it could be like you could do neurofeedback. You can do meditations. You can work with the chakras. You know, there's so many different modalities to tap into these things. Sometimes you got to like experience a few to find one that like you resonate with. But yeah. it's really... In my experience, it's finding a coach to get you those places that you're going to be really honest and move through it and then showing up for yourself on a consistent basis. So whatever that consistent basis looks like for you, right? Some people yeah. need 
every morning, I need an hour to do these things for myself so I can move through my day in a more centered spot. Other people might just be like, okay, I need three times a week. I need to focus on breath work. I want to hit a yoga class and I want to do, you know, even a nightly meditation or something. So it's really finding that, that sweet spot. But I think it, it, I mean, it definitely sounds like you're ready to open Pandora's box a little bit. Um, and what I'm getting a sense of too, is that, um, there might be, you know, a few physical things that could be improved, but energetically it, it does sound like there's just a lot of blocks there. And this is what I'm seeing with most of the discovery calls that I'm getting is because you guys have worked with functional medicine practitioners. You are doing the physical things. And, you know, not quote unquote, seeing the results that you want. And it's just these hidden things that um, maybe your body's been telling you for a really long time. And just because the society we've grown up in, they're like, no, that's no, that's nothing. No, no, don't worry about that. That's normal. (laughs) Right. Um, How does that feel? Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds pretty spot on. Yeah. Is there anything else that you like comes to mind or you wanted to ask me? Um, I guess I really haven't heard about the psychic technique that you mentioned. I, I know that it's out there and I, and I know that, you know, there it's supposed to be uh, fairly um, user-friendly for lack of a better term um, <laughs> technique, but I don't, I don't know if you can speak at all to like your experience. I'm not expecting for you to kind of explain the process, but just like your experience with it, I guess. Is, yeah. I yeah. So um, Psyche, it, what it basically does, it gets you in a whole brain state and is just able um, for you to connect with source, uh, with your subconscious, and even with your conscious. Um, and it just puts you, um, yeah, in a whole brain state. So when you're working on changing the emotional outcome to the situation, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. we run off of. It's not actually the situation that puts us in um, these paralyzed, you know, flight, freeze, fawn states. It's the emotion that we attach to the situation. So it's really getting at that core of that emotion. Um, so just for example, um, we grew up um, in, in parts of my life, like on hard times, right? Money wasn't flowing. Um, and I remember a time where we had to go to the church to get food. And I, yeah. when I use site K during that, cause I was like, Oh, well, is that a block? Like, do I look at that situation? Like, and it, and I did, I like, when I emotionally thought about it, I was like, um, em- embarrassed and ashamed and, um, you know, fearful. And so when you get into a whole brain state, you can change that emotion. And I, I just change that emotion to, oh my God, what, what abundance that we have in our life that there's people out there that have enough to give to those who don't have enough at this time. And just looked at that situation in more of an emotional state of abundance and peace instead of embarrassment and fear. 
So that's basically what Site K does for you. And you do that. Um, there's many different techniques and you just kind of land on which one is best suited for that belief system. Um, but I have found it obviously life-changing. I mean, like you don't really yeah. ever, um, you don't go into a modality and start practicing it and using it on other people if you think it's okay. <laughs> um, right. And I like it more so. I like using a lot of different techniques. Um, I love emotional freedom tapping when I have a situation where I want to scream and shout at the situation <laughs> where mm -hmm. I really want to vocally get it out. Um, but Psyche, um, it's just you don't have to go to places um, in that kind of level. Um, you just get to be just really at peace quite, quite easily. Um, and the cool thing about it is that um, anyone can do it for themselves, right? Once you learn the technique and do like a weekend's training, um, you can do it for yourself really easily. And so hopefully it will be a modality that people um will just pick up quite easily um, because what I have found with healing is that it's the biggest onion in the world <laughs> and once you feel like oh I pulled back that layer and if you're willing and really honest with yourself you're like oh there's another layer and you get to yeah. just kind of choose when you move through them and um you know, even for little things, you can, you know, just get yourself in a, a whole brain state and, and change things pretty quickly for yourself. And then what else I think the modality helps you quickly do is um, to be very self-aware. So if you get into a situation and you feel those old emotions or you feel triggered, um, I feel like this modality has allowed me to go, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit in that. I'm going to take that and I'm going to journal around it. And I'm going to find what that core emotion is. And I'm going to release it because I'm, I'm just not here for any of that anymore. <laughs> right. Like I'm just so ready to move on my, in, into the life that I know that all of us should really be living. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, with the with the subconscious mind and the energetic stuff now is that um, I, I truly, truly believe that it's women like yourself, who are ready to open Pandora's box and go into places that you don't really want to, but you're willing to for your family you're not only going to see the success with, you know, pregnancy and children, but you're going to see the success in creating um, the life that you want and becoming the mother um, or the parent figure that maybe you never felt like you had. And I feel like there's a lot of fear behind motherhood, like a deep fear um, when sure. we have had... Um, mothers who were not necessarily able to be there for us like we needed or wanted and yeah. the cool thing about this is that you're you're going to um process all that for yourself and then you're going to be able to show up 
for your children in such an amazing way. And that's what really sets my soul on fire for you guys. That's yeah. a, that's awesome. Um, if there's any other questions, I'm more than happy to answer them for you. I can't think of any at the moment. Okay, no worries. And like I said, you're going to get um, a bunch of notes and places and things to explore and really just use your intuition and your discernment um, because it can be a little bit overwhelming. I'm not saying you have to do it all, but um, just this is like, you know, just windows of like, or doors, which door do I want to walk through next and really just start exploring that. But I think you've done an amazing, amazing job and you have been through a lot in the past three years. And I, you know, just make sure you give yourself a lot of credit and a lot of grace. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. And I am very grateful for your generosity and your time. Um, and your wicked mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I will receive yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friends. Well, we'll be in touch. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.